This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Every day, thousands of opportunities, freedoms, and privileges surround us, seemingly unnoticed. Most people don't know or recognize or care for that matter what Memorial Day is about. Today, Memorial Day, we're reminded of the brave men and women who take the biggest risks so that we may have even the smallest indulgences. Remember why it is that we're celebrating this day. Let us never forget the depth of their sacrifice. We do all we can to remind everyone of the sacrifices that people of my father's generation made. And in debt to all those who have given their lives for our country. Now, the Blaze Radio Network presents Reflections from a Grateful Nation. Memorial Day should be one of the most powerful days of the year. One of the most emotional days of the year. For all Americans and for the entire world. For if not for the sacrifices made by Americans who died in defense of America, it's quite possible that all the people of the world would live in darkness. Memorial Day has just become the start of the summer season. Barbecues, a day off work. Tragically, sadly, Memorial Day has been lost. But we're working to change that. I'm Doc Thompson, along with Skip Lacombe, the Blaze Radio hosts, and many other people who are working to change that, to let the world know that we are grateful. This is Reflections from a Grateful Nation. And over the next few hours, we're going to reflect on the people who sacrificed, what it means, and what we should be thinking. We're working to change the image of Memorial Day because it has been lost. Many, many years ago, people understood it, and then slowly... It's faded away. Imagine looking back down on the beaches of Normandy, France, D-Day plus one. Really put yourself in that place for a moment. Imagine you were standing on or in the pillboxes on the Atlantic Wall, D-Day plus one plus two. The sand littered with the dead. What would you be thinking as you witnessed the major battle is over? seeing all of those fallen soldiers. Imagine witnessing the British surrender in Yorktown, Virginia, to General Washington, May of 1781. The elation, the pride, the excitement for the future. And then you look down and you see those who didn't make it. What would you say to the families of the 25,000 who died for American independence? Or the 500,000 who died in the Civil War? The tens of thousands who died in Vietnam and Korea. The Marines killed in Beirut in 83. The War of 1812. The Doughboys of World War II. What would you say to the Gulf War veterans who died in service of America? Iraq and Afghanistan. If you were there and you saw those dead soldiers, what would you be thinking? What would you say to their families? See, then it would be real. It's not real to us. It's real when you're there and you see it. When you know somebody, then it's real. But if you grew up under the blanket of freedom that they provided for us, and you've never experienced it, you've never witnessed it, and instead you go about your life in the safety and security of your suburban neighborhood, it's not real, it doesn't mean anything. And that's how most of us grew up. Because of what they provided for us. You know, so many Americans get hopped up at the 
slightest perceived injustice, whether it's real or not. Look around. They march. They hold vigils. They hold. They make signs. And yet they have little appreciation. They can do nothing for the freedoms that allow them to be offended. They have little or no appreciation, knowledge, or gratitude for those who bought that freedom that allows them to make their signs and march, who paid for that freedom with their blood. They don't know. I tell you, if people saw American soldiers who had paid for their freedom with their blood, we wouldn't celebrate Memorial Day as a time to get drunk and barbecue with buddies in the backyard. We would do what we're supposed to do. We would take time to pray, reflect, and honor those who died. And we would cherish what they gave us with such reverence that it would affect everything we do every day the rest of the year. One of the ways to educate and remind people to remember Memorial Day is by telling the stories of those we honor and documenting their sacrifice. Michael Yawn is a journalist, photographer, and former Special Forces who does just that. Michael, uh, where and when did you serve? I only served for five years, and that was not in combat. I was in uh, Special Forces. Uh, most of my time with the military actually has been as a, as a writer. Well, I, I didn't spend any combat time on active duty, but, but uh, as a writer, I spent uh, a huge amount of time in combat with the U.S. military and, and just learned to... Um, respect them uh, a huge amount, and I stay in contact every day, actually, with veterans that I was with in Iraq and Afghanistan. Try to try to do your best to explain to people who, who did not serve and people who did not serve during combat or seen any combat action what it's like, what it's like to be there under fire and and maybe even see somebody that you care about get wounded or even killed. Well, you know, it certainly affects you deeply, and, and I saw a lot of people uh, injured and killed. In fact, on the last mission I went on, I think, uh, in Afghanistan, one of my tent mates got blown up and, and uh, lost uh, both legs and an arm, and he died, actually. And it's something that stays with you uh, forever. You hugely respect them and the, sac- and the sacrifices they make, and, um, and uh, you know, you, you, you realize what it takes to to keep our country safe as, as a, you know, oftentimes it takes blood and, and we have to, to uh, spend our own blood to, to uh, protect our country. What are some of the things that, that surprised you when you were embedded with some of these troops? Well, the professionalism is, is really extreme at times, especially, you know, when, you know, when, when you come under fire and you realize that, you know, you've, you've heard this saying before, war is, you know, 99% boredom and 1% sheer terror. In reality, a lot of the uh, units that I've been with, it's been more like combat every single day for months on end and professionalism every single day for months on end. But you do, you know, make a a, a brotherhood with the soldiers that you cover. When you said the percentages are a little different of that 99% boredom versus 1% sheer terror, which we've always heard about during wartime, do you think that's a little bit different now because the, the, the more recent wars that America has been involved in or military battles are, are, are a different type of war? You know, everybody's war is different. And I've been to a lot of battle areas uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan, and uh, 
for instance, Mosul. I spent quite a lot of time in Mosul, uh, the better part of a year, and it was different in 2005 and 2006 and 2007 and 2008 because I kept going back and then I would go to other places. It's very different in, in, uh, at different times, and it's all, also different in different places. For instance, the war in Mosul was different than the one in Baghdad. It was different than the one in uh, in Basra or Bakuba or down uh, over in Kandahar in Afghanistan. Everybody's war was different. So, uh, you know, when, when you when somebody tells you about what was going on over there, you know, you might hear like ten different stories from diff- ten different veterans because they all had ten different wars. That's a great point. Everyone has a very different perspective. Michael, thank you so much for your insight and, and thank you for your service. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a couple of things to see if we can change the culture of ignorance surrounding Memorial Day. All weekend long, go to your Facebook, Twitter, put it on Pinterest, put it on, put it on everything, and remind people it's Memorial Day. Years ago, I stopped saying Happy Memorial Day. Not that I don't wish you to have a good weekend, but I'd rather you remember Memorial Day. So on Twitter, use the hashtag Remember Memorial Day and just churn it out every hour on the hour. Send it out. Remember Memorial Day. Hashtag Remember Memorial Day. Put it on your Facebook. Talk about your friends and families who died in service to America. Do you have relatives who died through any of the wars throughout American history? Do you have personal stories? Were you in the service? Did you lose soldiers that you knew and were close with? Tell those stories on social media. Make this thing big this weekend. Go large with this thing and we will turn this around. Hashtag Remember Memorial Day. And that reverence you have doesn't mean that you can't have a good time, that you can't barbecue and knock back a couple with some friends, but it it means that you have to take a moment to actually take a look and remember why it is that we're celebrating this day in this way. Because if it weren't for those thousands upon thousands upon thousands of soldiers who had given their life, you wouldn't be able to sit in your backyard and grill some burgers and throw back a beer. Right as you set the plate of burgers down and people start to dig in, some of us will say a prayer. That would be a good time to say, hang on a second. Before we say the prayer, can we take a moment and remember Memorial Day? Maybe educate some of the younger people there in attendance. Maybe explain to them it's not some trivial phrase of remember those who paid for the accuracy. These are real people who died. Would you be willing to do that? Honor their sacrifice. That's one thing we're going to do all weekend long, and we're going to continue to do every day after. And that is hashtag Remember Memorial Day. But another thing we're doing is we have teamed up with one of our favorite charities that does an incredible job, and that is Mercury One. If you go to mercuryone.org and donate anything you can, a dollar, five dollars, ten. If you have been blessed beyond that and can donate more, wonderful. Mercuryone.org. And while they do disaster relief and all kinds of good things for people, they also have taken a particular interest in helping veterans and veterans' families when they have passed. We lose, Skip, how many, how many soldiers commit suicide every day in America? 22. 22 <laughs> veterans take their own lives every single day. I can't imagine that. That by the end of today, somewhere in America, 22 veterans will take their own lives. And while we recognize Memorial Day as specifically those who died in service to America, 
we also understand that there are a lot of veterans that need help as well. So as not to cloud the issue, you can donate to Mercury One for specific purposes. But that's another way that you can actually help. Go to mercuryone.org and please give anything you have. Coming up throughout the next couple of hours, we will talk to a lot of people with special memories um, that will we'll tell you what it's like to serve and lose somebody. And we'll also get to the history of Memorial Day. Reflections from a Grateful Nation will return on the Blaze Radio Network. Reflections from a Grateful Nation on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Doc Thompson along with Skip Lacombe from the Blaze Radio Network. This is Reflections from a Grateful Nation on stations all across America. Remember Memorial Day. Joining us now, David Barton, constitutional scholar and host of Wall Builders in the Blaze Radio Network. David, how are you? Doing well, Doc. Great to be with you. Skip and I have this um, this opinion that the reason people do not remember Memorial Day, that it's become forgotten and its significance forgotten, is is out of ignorance. We we were not there. Most of us have never seen somebody die in sacrifice to America. We don't know the historical significance. Would you say that's accurate? That's part of it. I think part of it, too, is we're at a period in time now where the last several years particularly, uh, we don't do much of anything that highlights the good in America. And I point now specifically to if you look at what has happened with the um, AP U.S. history test, 460,000 kids, the test they take now uh, put up by the College Board, nothing on military history, no Medal of Honor winners, no military generals, no battles, no nothing. It's gone. I've been talking to teachers who in their teacher training are specifically told you're not to mention any military battles or military incidents, um, but there certainly is a push over recent years to, to eliminate military history. You know what, that is a, a great point, and I, I guess I haven't thought of it that way, that it's not just sacrificing for America, it's not just sacrificing for other people. Think how beautiful that is, David, to say I am doing something because I, I, I'm called to, I'm called to serve, and if I die for my country, people are doing that for people, for an yeah, idea, right. for, for freedom, right? I, we used to teach specifically that you did that out of love for your country and love for others. We used to teach sacrifice. Um, I mean, quite frankly, one of the things that was very common on Memorial Day in previous generations were sermons. We delivered sermons. So we had a very high veneration uh, for our country and for sacrificing for others particularly. It was not just about us, and, and, and that's kind of changing in, in recent years, unfortunately. You're right. That concept of serving each other has has kind of been lost you you know the what's what's the quote from thomas jefferson the um the tree of liberty must be watered by with the blood of patriots and tyrants is that right yeah that's that's right yeah people in in the in the patriot movement love to love to bring that up on you know when in reference to tyrannical governments and as our government become tyrannical but david they've missed one part of that they love to, to stress and focus on the blood of tyrants part, but not the blood of patriots part. <laughs> right. the, what the is the significance part. of the blood of patriots? For way of background, Memorial Day started officially in 1868 with what was called Decoration Day. Uh, General John Logan, who was in charge of all military forces in the United States, uh, on that day said, hey, I want everybody to go out 
and, and decorate the graves of those who have given their lives so that all of us can remember it cost us to have what we have. And it was not until World War I changed it from decorating the graves of the Civil War to decorating the graves of all who have fallen in battle. And since that point, we've had Memorial Day. And as you look back over conflicts that none of us even think about anymore, I mean, you go back to the Revolution, uh, we lost 25,000 who were killed in the American Revolution. Uh, and the War of 1812, we have nearly 3,000 dead there. The Mexican-American War, nearly 4,000 dead. The Civil War, 620,000 dead. Uh, you go to the Spanish-American War, 2,000 dead. World War I, uh, you have 120,000 dead. World War II, you have 410,000 dead. Korea, you have 36,000. And Vietnam, you have 59,000. And on it goes. And America does not exist without those who are willing to give their life for everybody else. Um, for example, February 3rd, 1943, the four chaplains is the epitome, I think, of, of what happened in World War II, where the uh, U.S. troop transport, the USAT Dorchester, was hit by a German torpedo. Uh, there were 900 and some odd guys on board, about 902, and it went into icy waters of the Atlantic in only 18 minutes. And the 229 or so that were saved were saved because the chaplains did what they did. The captain had ordered all the troops to wear their life preservers because they were in a torpedo alley, and it was too hot below deck. Nobody wanted to do it. And so when the ship got hit, uh, nobody had the life jackets on. It was the chaplains who were giving out life jackets. And as guys ran out of life jackets, the chaplains actually took off their own life jackets and gave it to the guys until there was nothing left. And as the last lifeboat is going off the ship, 18 minutes, the, the ship sank. And you had those four chaplains locked arm in arm singing hymns as they slipped below the waters in the icy Atlantic. And, and that is the picture of what they were willing to do for others. And that was World War II. That was World War One, That was the Spanish-American War. That, that's just the epitome of the attitude of I'm going to give my life to help everybody else enjoy the blessings they have. Uh, we have hundreds of thousands of Americans who gave their life, who shed their blood, who did as Jefferson said, who, who watered the tree of liberty with the, the blood of patriots so that we get to enjoy what we enjoy today. So the blood of patriots is also a, a warning. Make sure it's worth it. Make sure if you're sending men to their death that it's something worth fighting for. That really comes back to us as citizens, and if we as the citizens are going to send people to their death, we need to make sure it's for right causes and for right purposes and for good things. And that requires all of us to, to know who we are as Americans, to know what we stand for, to know uh, what we're willing to die for as a people, not just to send others to die for, but what we're willing to stand up and die for. And it really gets back to our, our willingness to serve others and not just ourselves. David Barton, thank you. Remember to honor somebody who died in service to America by sharing their story. Share it on social media all weekend long, and don't forget to use the hashtag RememberMemorialDay. By the way, this weekend, Glenn Beck is honoring the military and their families. That's right. The Blaze TV will be donating one subscription to a member of the military for every subscription sold this weekend. Just go to theblaze.com slash remember and use the promo code remember at checkout. And as a thank you, you will also receive a 10% discount on your subscription. So it's a great deal. Theblaze.com slash remember and the promo code remember. On great radio stations from sea to shining sea, you're listening to Reflections from a Grateful Nation on this Memorial Day weekend. You're listening to a Memorial Day special presentation. Reflections from a Grateful Nation.
A special presentation from the Blaze Radio Network. Reflections from a Grateful Nation continues now. Hi, I'm Doc Thompson along with Skip Lacombe on Reflections from a Grateful Nation as we remember Memorial Day. Jay Severin joins us now from the Blaze Radio Network. Jay, why is Memorial Day lost on so many people? We are as a people kind of fat, happy, not lazy, but fat, happy, and blessed. You know, maybe blessed beyond, uh, you know, our own ability to understand. Um, I'm charmed by Memorial Day and the sacredness of it because it, it started as Decoration Day, as, as we know. Uh, it was the widows of the Southern, the Confederate veterans who died, who started Decoration Day. And they got together, you know, the ladies' clubs in the decorous and gracious South, and they would, uh, of their own volition, and with their own pennies, go and, and, and buy, grow flowers and set them about the graves of the Confederate war heroes. And as one of the sort of unofficial gestures of understanding, which made us a country again, this practice was so held in esteem that within a couple of years, it was no longer Decoration Day for Confederate veterans. It was Memorial Day for all the veterans, which quickly morphed, thank goodness, into the Memorial Day we know now. And so that kind of brings me up to now. And and the thing that impresses me the most, I guess, guys, is of anything else, uh, visiting my dad's grave is number one. And I, and I, I know I share that with a lot of other uh, a lot of other of us. Uh, the other one, though, is the the very small village in which I, I live has a Memorial Day parade each year, which is regarded as sacredly as you could imagine in a village of about 2,300 people. And the thing about it that always gets me, uh, Doc and Skip, is that you talk about the butcher and the baker and the candlestick maker and the people, you know, who fought. Um, and I realize these are the lucky butchers, bakers, and candlestick makers because they're still alive. But in the behalf of those who didn't return, every Memorial Day, the guys in my village stuff themselves somehow into their uniforms of whatever war in which they fought. Uh, some of which are still World War II, but mostly, and a few Korea, but mostly Vietnam and the Gulf. These guys stuffed themselves into uniforms uh, that they long ago outgrew, but I'm sure in their minds they looked the way they looked the day they they joined the armed forces. And, you know, kind of, I think that's the way we see them too. But they march down the street, and I have in mind a particular fellow He's this big guy. He looks like from a, a movie, like a zombie movie. He's huge. He's bald-headed. He's got a Fu Manchu mustache. 
He's really a mean-looking guy. He's the sweetest human being in the world. But what he does for the village is he goes and picks up stuff. He replaces the light bulbs on Main Street. He's like the duffer for the city. He rides a Harley. If you didn't know him, you'd think he was going to kill you, you know, at any moment if you looked at him or said good morning to him. He's the sweetest guy in the world. And I see him one day a year, not as the guy who changes the light bulbs on Main Street, but I see him in his Marine uniform. And, pardon me, and when he leads the honor guard uh, down Main Street, and he has his shoulders thrown back. He's not the guy who changes the light bulbs. He's a United States Marine. And all of them in the parade, I see them go by. And I say, well, there's there's the butcher. You know, there's the baker. There's the candlestick maker who got to come home. And um, I think that impresses me more than anything else. And, uh, you know, each each year we make a point of getting up and making a little breakfast and getting down and getting good parking space so that we can, you know, open up our SUV and put signs and flags all over it, you know, that say thank you. And so uh, I think most of us here, you know, uh, most of us at The Blaze and the people with whom we get to share our time don't take it for granted and, um, uh, you know, I, I, I wish that fewer would. Uh, it just means so much to us. Jay, my, uh, my understanding is, too, that Memorial Day has always held kind of a, uh, a special connection for you for some special reasons. Do you want to talk a little bit about your family and uh, why uh, Memorial Day is so special to you? Well, look, look uh, you know, I, I, everyone, I think, almost everyone has a story. Mine is not special or spectacular um uh there is of course my dad who's world war ii veteran but memorial day is technically of course for those who died in battle not for those who served you know that's veterans day those who served and who are still alive or who died you know after a conflict and so speaking with particularity to to that status um when i was 10, 12 uh, years old, I went to uh, camp in the summertime, and it just so happened by coincidence, happenstance, my uh, first cousin, uh, Richie, was a uh, uh, counselor at the same camp. And he was like, I guess, 17, 18. So naturally, he was a god. Because to all of the, the boys who were 10, 11, and 12, all the older camp counselors, the guys who were teaching them how to fish and sail and, you know, play ball and everything. They were just like gods. Well, you can only imagine how proud I was that uh, that one of the big tough guys, uh, uh, Richie, uh, was was my cousin. And, and the, the status I derived, the undeserved status that I derived from that. So... I worship the guy as, you know, the bottom line and as 12 year olds will do. So we lose touch, flash forward, the Vietnam War, Richie signs up like the first day. He's there not a month. And I learned that he was uh, 
shot uh, dead. And I couldn't, um, I had trouble understanding that. Uh, It was my first uh, loss. And even though I was a little older then, I didn't get it. And I don't think I got it any better when I went down to the wall in Washington. And, uh, sorry, and uh, touched his name on the wall. I know that it made me understand better exactly what those gold star mothers and fathers were that rode by in the parade with the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. And as you guys know, that's, uh, I don't know where that dates back to, if it was World War One or two, maybe before, but there'd be a gold star in the window if you lost a son, if usually was a son, and there was no one more revered than in the community than a family who had uh, given to the community the life of a son uh, in the war. And so that was the first time that, you know, I'd made that connection. And, um, you know, obviously it's something I haven't forgotten. And uh, on, uh, on my deathbed, there are only a few things I will regret. And one of them was that when I was old enough to serve, I didn't run, I didn't evade, but neither did I run down and sign up, uh, which I wish I had done. And um, that's mostly dominates my um, uh, personal memories and sentiments of Memorial Day, and I'm sorry to uh, be a wreck on you guys, but... uh, I think it's actually good because the more people hear your story and other people's stories, they will remember Memorial Day. Jay, think about this. Your memories of Richie are frozen in time. It's this masculine, older figure that you probably still look up to in your memories, and yet you have far passed him in age. It's a great point. Yeah, no, that's a great point. In in my mind, Richie is alive somewhere, and he's 17 or 18, and he's, you know, this big, broad-shoulder, crew-cut, blonde kid that, you know, was teaching us how to sail one moment, and the next, we opened an envelope, and we saw his picture in his dress blues becoming a Marine. And then the next thing after that was that, he was gone, but you're right. In memory, he'll always he'll always be that heroic, you know, eighteen year old camp counselor you look up to. Jay, thank you for sharing your personal story of Richie, and thank you for Richie's sacrifice as we remember Memorial Day. You're listening to a Memorial Day special presentation: Reflections from a Grateful Nation from the Blaze Radio Network.
Reflections from a Grateful Nation on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi, I'm Doc Thompson along with Skip Lacombe. Please follow us on Twitter. It's at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. And on social media all this weekend, please tell the story of someone who has sacrificed with the hashtag Remember Memorial Day. Mike Brimhead from KFYI Radio in Phoenix joins us now. Mike, Memorial Day really seems to be lost on most Americans now. I don't know that Memorial Day has lost or faded for everyone, but I think if there is a decrease in concern or awareness, it's because so few people have been lost in this war. I think that when you have less people in the military, less families connected to the military, people, it's out of sight, out of mind. And as a matter of fact, with having the wars fought the way they are now over the last 10 years, the the country's not as involved in World War II the entire nation was involved in the war. The women went to work in factories. Factories were converted. People were doing voluntary reductions in the use of products like rubber. So the entire country was invested in World War II. Now we have wars that are fought that if you're not watching television or listening to the radio, it really doesn't affect your everyday life. But I don't think that's the case for everyone. From my family's perspective, when my brother was killed in Iraq, now this is going back all the way to 2003. My brother was actually killed on Memorial Day of 2003. And I've got to tell you, from the perspective of my family, the entire nation wrapped its arms around my family. Memorial Day and its meaning to me has changed. There is obviously a very personal connection to Memorial Day, so it's always going to be significant to my family. But my mind immediately goes to the people that reached out to us. And first and foremost, it was the Vietnam veterans. It was other veterans that reached out to my family. Um, There was a Vietnam veteran who reached out to my family, and he owned a deli in my hometown. And when he found out my brother's name, he searched around until he was able to get my youngest brother, my surviving brother's phone number in my hometown. And I answered the phone, and this man had tears in his eyes, and he said, I own a deli. I want to bring your mother some food. I want to bring something. I promise you I'm not a crazy person. And so he came to my brother's house, and he brought this big tray of food for my family. And he met my mother at the door, and he was crying as much as my mother was. And he said to my mom, when we returned from Vietnam, we came home, people spit on us. And I want you to know no one feels that way about what your boy did. And it was such a moving moment for me that this man, having suffered the way he did in returning from Vietnam, wanted to make sure that this generation of soldier didn't suffer that way. And at the memorial in November, because my brother was killed in May, they put my brother on the war memorial in my hometown. And it's just a big rock memorial underneath a banyan tree in Fort Myers, Florida, out in front of the old courthouse. All of the Vietnam veterans in town were there and they wouldn't sit. They stood in the back. And when the service was over, every single one of them lined up to shake my mother's hand and tell her if she needed something, they'd be there for her. So Memorial Day for my family has a much deeper meaning, and it was how the world and how this country embraced my family. There are so many families that lose loved ones in tragic accidents, and they spend the rest of their life wondering why, and it's just a big empty space. We suffer the emptiness. My brother Tom will always be missed in my family. We were big football fans, specifically we're Miami Hurricane football fans. And Brian, my youngest brother and I, we still talk about the team and we still watch them. But there's an empty spot because Tom's not there. That emptiness will never leave us. But what we have found is that this nation has wrapped its arms around us. 
and they have embraced us, and they have tried to make sure that we will always know that the nation respects my brother's service. That has filled a place for us. That is the honor we feel about my brother is shared by so many in this country. That's what Memorial Day means to my family. So more than anything else, this far down the road since my brother's death, I say to the entire nation, thank you for how you've embraced my family. Thank you for honoring the men and women that have given their lives in this country and continue to tell your children about that sacrifice. That's how we will carry on the traditions and the memories of such brave men and women because you'll take the time over Memorial Day weekend to thank them. So from my perspective, that's what Memorial Day means to my family. That's a great perspective, Mike. Mike Broomhead, KFYI Radio in Phoenix. This is Reflections from a Grateful Nation. Reflections from a Grateful Nation. A special presentation from the Blaze Radio Network. Every day, thousands of opportunities, freedoms, and privileges surround us, seemingly unnoticed. Most people don't know or recognize or care, for that matter, what Memorial Day is about. Today, Memorial Day, we're reminded of the brave men and women who take the biggest risks so that we may have even the smallest indulgences. Remember why it is that we're celebrating this day. Let us never forget the depth of their sacrifice. We do all we can to remind everyone of the sacrifices that people of my father's generation made. And in debt to all those who have given their lives for our country. Now, the Blaze Radio Network presents Reflections from a Grateful Nation. Hi, it's Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe from the Blaze Radio Network. This is Reflections from a Grateful Nation, heard on radio stations nationwide all weekend long as we remind people to take a moment and honor those who paid for our freedoms with their lives. We're asking people all weekend long to go on Twitter and use the hashtag RememberMemorialDay. Tweet us your stories to at Show and at Skip Lacombe. We want to hear about the people who you might have lost in battle. Now from the Blaze Radio Network, here's Buck Sexton. This is Buck Sexton. I'm a host on the Blaze Radio and a host on the Blaze TV, also a CNN contributor. Some of you may have heard me in before for uh, Rush or Sean Hannity or Glenn Beck on radio as well. Before that, I was a CIA officer. I spent some time in Iraq and Afghanistan in that capacity. And I'm taking a few moments to just give you my thoughts on Memorial Day. Um, And I know that this is considered, it is a federal holiday. uh, But holiday for a lot of people conjures up thoughts of family time, maybe having a few drinks out in the yard, maybe watching a game. I think it's important to remember that Memorial Day is really a holiday in the old English original sense of the term. For us as Americans who value liberty, who will uphold the Constitution even with our lives if need be, Memorial Day is a holiday in that it's a holy day. It's a day that's sacred to us, and it's a day that we must take to remember the sacrifices of those who have served in our armed forces and given given their lives for liberty and for freedom. I think it's all too common these days for individuals to sort of just go through their day-to-day, especially those who don't have any family who have served or have not served themselves, and just let these things pass without really taking it as a solemn day of remembrance uh, for the sacrifices made by those in our armed forces. Now, there are reminders all around us, of course, And we see them in our hometowns. We see them in our cities 
oftentimes in, in public parks. People pass them. And here in New York City, where I live, I have to say, people oftentimes sit near them or perhaps take photos in front of them. And you get the sense that there's no connection to what the memorial is actually symbolizing. There are reminders all around us, but those reminders are of very real human cost of brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, husbands, and wives who have lost their lives in the defense of freedom in this country, or, of course, fighting for us abroad. Every day myself, I pass the Admiral Farragut Monument on my on my way to work. Now, this is for one individual, but I know for a fact that if you were to ask anyone passing it, who is this guy in this monument here? They would say, well, I have no idea. They wouldn't know that he was the first admiral of the United States Navy. They wouldn't know the battles in which he commanded. They wouldn't understand the sacrifices of those who died in those battles. Now, there's more familiarity with some of the, the better-known memorials and monuments around the country, of course. There's the Marine Corps War Memorial. When I lived in D.C., I passed it frequently, oftentimes would see it. And I just would think to myself now, that we're on Memorial Day, how many of us actually stop to go back to that moment atop Mount Suribachi when the Marines were engaged in fierce fighting on a giant island named the Sulphur Island with dug-in Japanese defenders who were sworn to fight to the death. And yes, our Marines won that battle, but at great cost. They left many brothers, fathers, and sons on that island in the Pacific, just as many Marines elsewhere in the world have made that ultimate sacrifice. I saw uh, tourists passing countless times the World War II Memorial with the Washington Monument looming in the background, and I would think, how many of them even know what this is? Beyond the sort of architectural and design splendor, how many of them recognize the vast cost to our armed forces that this represents? I don't think enough Americans take that moment in time to think about what these are symbolizing. Too many of them are sort of treated as tour stops for architectural or sort of general background value. No, these are monuments to men who gave their lives, who spilt their blood for this country. And these monuments are supposed to be constant reminders of it, not a one-day-a-year reminder, an all-year reminder exactly what was happening and what had happened. I don't think there's enough attention paid to this in our day-to-day. I don't think there's enough recognition that as one passes the World War II Memorial or as one passes the Vietnam Memorial or any other Um, any other monument to the sacrifice of our armed forces, just it would be good if all Americans would take a moment to think back to those harrowing moments on the beaches of Normandy or in the deadly swamp of Guadalcanal or the pitiless cold of the Ardennes, the steamy jungles of the Mekong, the rugged and remorseless terrain of the Hindu Kush, or the seemingly endless, interminable deserts of Mesopotamia. These are places where our, our best, our most courageous fellow Americans have died, have given their lives so that you and I can continue on in freedom and in prosperity with liberty here at home. So those historical reminders, of course, are an important part of this equation when they're given the proper deference and respect and the moment to actually think about what they symbolize. So that's, I think, 
a good reminder for us all on this Memorial Day to look for those around us. But for many of us, of course, the sacrifices we remember are not a distant matter at all. They are deeply personal. We have had now millions of our fellow Americans serving in wars in recent decades, and we have taken losses. We have lost thousands of our brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers, sons and daughters. They have given their lives in the defense of this nation and in the protection of liberty, and those losses are still very acutely felt by those who served with them, who loved them, who were their family, who were their friends. So there need be no moment for the rest of us to have to point this out. That's all too clear to those who made the ultimate sacrifice, that they left behind people. And there are people who feel that and who that will stay with them. And so we also have to recognize that this is a day of remembrance. It's a day about bestowing the honor um, that must be given to those who gave their lives, as well as to the families of those who gave their lives on this day. You know, I did a few tours, as I said, abroad with intelligence services, never with the military. I never served myself, and honestly, in many ways, it's something I regret. Perhaps serving your country in the intelligence community is a service of sorts, but it's not wearing the uniform. But I did spend time alongside many of our troops. I spent time downrange with our soldiers. And it is the greatest honor of my life to have been any part of what they were doing, to have been any part of their service. And I think back to those moments in Iraq and Afghanistan, out in the desert, up in the mountains, and the unbelievable selflessness and dedication and bravery that was on display all around me was humbling in the truest sense. How could I be around all of this and not feel myself just in awe of what was going on, the ethos, the service? I was also around when some of them would come back and were wounded. And I would hear about those who were never going to make it home. And then you start, you stop for a moment and you have to really think. And it's difficult not to feel like you're never close to doing enough for this effort, doing enough for your country. And as an American who wants to be a part of the effort to defend our liberty and security and our freedom, you realize that until you put on that uniform, you'll never really know what it feels like. And until you've had to face the reality and perhaps actually receive a phone call saying that a loved one will never make it home, sacrifice for the rest of us, it's something we can talk about but never truly understand, never truly feel. So on this Memorial Day, I think that we have to remember that it's a solemn day, a day that should be an inspiration to us, that there could be others who would give their lives for such a worthy and noble cause as this great country in which we live, still the freest and most wonderful country ever devised by the hand of man in history. But still, it's a day when we have to remember that we honor those in the past and we keep the memory of those recently lost serving for us in the armed forces close to our hearts. 
We do this today, we do this every day, and we continue going forward. We owe that to those who gave everything, that those who are still serving and those who will serve, we understand the true depth of that sacrifice and we give it the utmost respect that it can possibly be given. Someone who understands exactly what I'm talking about here is Taya Kyle, Chris Kyle's widow. Of course, you know Chris because of American Sniper. It's a national phenomenon. It's a story of service and bravery and dedication to country. But for Taya, it's about her husband. It's about the father of her children. She's going to tell us what that service, what Chris meant, what Memorial Day means in just a moment. You're listening to a Memorial Day special presentation. Reflections from a Grateful Nation. A special presentation from the Blaze Radio Network. Reflections from a Grateful Nation. Hi, it's Doc and Skip on Reflections from a Grateful Nation. In order to honor our fallen heroes, this weekend we ask that you pause for just a moment and hashtag remember Memorial Day. In order to honor all who served this weekend, the Blaze TV is going to be donating some subscriptions. That's right. For every subscription sold this weekend, the Blaze TV will be giving one away to a member of the military. All you have to do is go to theblaze.com slash remember and use the checkout code remember at checkout. We've been discussing that many of us don't respect Memorial Day. We don't remember the purpose because for most of us, it just doesn't affect our daily lives. Unless you were actually there, unless you... We're seeing this with your own eyes. You truly can't have the perspective. I mean, we go when we see movies like American Sniper, Black Hawk Down, Saving Private Ryan, and they all have profound impacts on us while we watch that. But still, even at that point, you truly cannot understand what it was like unless you were actually there. You know what? I, I think it's because that's fiction. That's fic- Even if it's based on real stories, we, we, it's a movie. Right? We see it and we go, oh, it's fiction and you go home. We know at the end of the day that that guy we're seeing on screen that had his leg blown off is going to walk home with his legs. But we don't actually correlate that to the fact that, wow, actual people did this. They they leapt off of these boats and waded through the water knowing that there were just thousands upon thousands of people shooting at them intent to kill them. And many of them died. The people who know it's real, those who remember Memorial Day, are those personally affected. No, you're absolutely right. Like Chris Kyle's wife, Taya Kyle, who is joining us right now. I think one of the forgotten elements of, of people who who um who sacrifice and give their life for America is the people they leave behind, like you and your your children. Um that's that's kind of forgotten in all of this. Yeah, I guess you know it really can be and then on the flip side I feel like there are also a lot of really wonderful, beautiful people out there who do remember and they do reach out. It's just one of the things where maybe we can reach out to especially our Vietnam veterans and the families of Vietnam veterans, people that haven't been thanked, and do our part to remember their sacrifice and tell them that we are grateful. When you drive down the road, you go through your, I mean, you you try to still have a life, you know, I mean, you lost Chris, you drive down the road, you live your life. It's got to be really hard for you to, to have that normal life now. I mean, you're a celebrity. Chris is a celebrity. Everybody knows the story. Everybody, you know, read the book. They saw the movie. Is it is it difficult for you to get away from it and just say, I just, 
I want to stop thinking for a while? I think that, you know, I am probably overly analytical and my mind is always going. The rest of the stuff, you know, whether it's events I go through or, or people I meet, I don't, I don't feel like that changes me, or I, at least I hope it never does. So I'm still friends with the same people I was always friends with, and I always will be, and still a mom doing her best to raise her kids. And so I don't really think about any sort of celebrity aspect to it. Um, if anything, that sometimes helps me to get out and talk to people and feel like I can give back or pay things forward. Um, my, I think my bigger problem is, you know, sometimes in the in the quiet time and the downtime when I – working me over and mentally I'm trying to get get through things and figure things out that just can't be figured out and um you know maybe I think everybody's different for sure but I know sometimes it's hard for me to be alone with my thoughts what what would Chris say now I mean it's hard to know for certain but I mean you knew him as well as anybody or probably better than anybody what what would Chris say with I mean with the the movie comes out and it you know, it's a great story, and yet there's some, you know, political controversies. And what, what would Chris say? You know, I, I do have some experience with some of his responses. I, I always laughed when, you know, somebody would say, uh, oh, thanks for the book. I can't wait to read it. And he'd say, yeah, it makes great toilet paper. You know, just <laughs> a very humble response. And um, when he could see that good that it was doing or people were healing, he was always really respectful. And um, he was just. Or he was always humble. He wouldn't be affected by it, and he would be glad that it did good for some people. And he always felt like it was everybody's story, not just his. Well, yeah, and anybody that read the book or saw the movie saw uh, how closely Chris liked to work with uh, with veterans returning and just veterans in general. Um, how would he generally spend a Memorial Day, or how are you planning on spending your Memorial Day this year? You know, Chris and I started – on Memorial Day, doing we would go to a national cemetery and we would find something or, or someone uh, who was buried there that if, if we didn't know them personally, we'd find somebody that was had served in the same wars or past wars, whatever we felt moved to. And the kids and I would go with him and we would sit at somebody's grave and say a prayer for them, their family, and then the other people that, that we lost that were close to us and, and all the people who have died you know, we're still grateful for. We would do that, and then we would go try to do something, either go out to lunch or go meet friends. Yeah, you want to take that moment to uh, to actually reflect on the reason for this day and then celebrate. I mean, actually do uh, right. do the things that people people have died to allow you to go out and have that beer and then cook up some hot dogs and have the day off work. Right, exactly. I, I agree. It's not You don't want to be morose the whole day because that's not what they, you know, gave their life for. They gave their life for freedom and the luxury of living here, so... I agree with you. It's, it's it's good to acknowledge it and however way you feel necessary or feel is impactful, and then go celebrate living here. We're talking with Taya Kyle, the the wife of Chris Kyle. You know, that's a. I, I love the idea though of of taking a moment for the the forgotten soldiers, the forgotten mm-hmm. people who who gave their life because our cemeteries are probably filled with them. The people, yeah. I mean, who may, maybe who didn't have a lot of family members, their family members are gone. Taking a moment to stop and say. I don't know this person, but they gave me a great gift. No, it's exactly right. They made a difference in some way to this country, and they also were part of that small minority that signed up and said they were willing to do whatever their country asked of them. You know, they don't get to decide where they go. They just say, wherever my country sends me, I'm, I'm there to serve. And it is good to remember them. Taya Kyle, thank you so much. Thank you. God bless.
there are a lot of somber, powerful, and really moving stories being shared. A lot of them are being shared on social media, and that's great. But Taya Kyle made me realize these people we honor this weekend, they were full of life. I mean, these were people who loved to laugh. They would probably want us to share some other stories about them, their adventures, share some stories that they were fun, funny, big personalities. Maybe that story about senior year and the hijinks you guys pulled. <laughs> right. Those are the fun ones, too, that we need to remember. So just go ahead and tweet at us with the hashtag Remember Memorial Day. It's at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. We want the ones where the statute of limitations have run out. Preferably, yes. Those yes. are the times we want. But share those with us right now with the hashtag Remember Memorial Day. It's at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. Mike Opalka or at StuntBrain on Twitter, editor-at-large of The Blaze, joins us next on Reflections from a Grateful Nation. All the families who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Reflections from a Grateful Nation will return on the Blaze Radio Network. from a grateful nation continues now hi it's doc and skip from the blaze radio network this is reflections from a grateful nation and we're asking sometime this weekend for you to just pause and hashtag remember memorial day mike opalka editor at large of the blaze decided to talk with montel williams who is a huge supporter of our servicemen and military vets and who also served about how he will remember memorial day montel i gotta talk to you about something really important we're looking at Memorial Day. And, 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 you know, it's become something of, of a let's have a barbecue and just find a good sale on an appliance let's have or a tires. Sale. Let's yeah. Have a sale. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're, we're focusing on hashtag remember Memorial Day this year. Please. I, I want to get your participation in this push. I want, I want all your followers to stand up and say, yes, hashtag remember Memorial Day. And I want to talk to you about Memorial Day and, and what it means to you, a guy who served this country for over two decades, a guy who I know spent 200 days underwater in a submarine at one stage in your, your naval career. But what, what does this day mean to you, sir? You know, what's so insane is that, again, if you just look around right now, you know, think back mm, a year and a half ago. Almost every day you'd see the local news or, you know, a national news outlet salute the soldier who passed or salute a family or salute. You know, and now, yeah, we do it. We do it every couple of weeks. We throw it in. If you reach out to any of the, the news outlets right now and say, look, I want to do a a special on a wounded soldier who's a double amputee. Uh, 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 uh. They have all kinds of excuses as to why they don't want to do that. And I think, you know, this year more important than any year before this. Hashtag Remember Memorial Day is probably one of the most important things we could say about the entire holiday because, you know, we have generations who all of a sudden just think, ah, oh, the war's over, there's nothing happening. Uh, uh, um, and we're going to very quickly slip back into a nation 
that won't remember those who died for, who fought for, those who earned the democracy we have, we'll forget them. And then there'll be another incident, and we'll all beg them to go and defend it again, not remembering from one holiday to the next what they did. So it just it drives me crazy that we can't even take one day out of 365, shut down all the crap, and just say for a minute, God bless America, God bless those who have served, God bless those who have lost their lives for us, and God bless those who are currently serving or training to serve in preparation of defending this democracy again. You know, the national news has is, been is just completely, that's the last two days, completely just caught in the devastation of this train crash. And, you know, um, this says a lot about our nation crash and the fact that there's another crash of a cargo train. But I had to tell you, I'm stuck on, I've written a letter to his mother, I've written a letter to his family, I've written a letter to the brigade of midshipmen, telling them that, you know, we honor the fact that even in peace, we lost a young man who was training to defend this democracy. And this will be a memorial day that he won't see. And his family will be one of those who will be forgotten while people are flipping burgers. And I just hope that, you know, if we're going to have a celebratory day, then I would wish that people take that moment before you, know, you take a bite. And I don't care if you're religious or not or spiritual or not. You can say thank you and lift it up and say thank you. Montel Williams is with us talking about the U.S. Naval Academy midshipman who was headed home to Queens on leave in the tragic train crash just outside of Philadelphia and talking about remembering Memorial Day on this Memorial Day weekend. Montel, you have done so much at both Walter Reed and Fisher Houses around the country. I know how I used to see you on the days after you would come back from one of those trips and you had an extra spring in your step. And I, I know the feeling that you had when you were with the soldiers who needed our support in healing. Is that something that everybody can do? Can average Joe call up Fisher House and, and yeah, Walter Reed and say, can I come by and do something? The average Joe could call today and say, hey, you know what? Can I schedule just a visit? Can I come by and just say thank you to some soldiers? And, you know, um, I'm Betty Smith, I'm Montel Williams, can I, can I, I'm Brian Smith, can I bring a cake by and I can, I'll buy it from the local store so that you know that it wasn't something I've tampered with, but I would love to be able to just come by for the guys that are in the hospital. I mean, you know, again, we have generations now of more surviving injured soldiers and veterans than we've ever had because of the technology. That we have. We have guys who are alive today who served in Korea, where 10 years ago, you know, they weren't having the life expectancies that they have now because technology has got better. Though we do some things well, you know, we're not doing a lot of them well, but those guys that are there right now in those hospitals, you know, some of them don't have family members. Some of them, you know, don't have people who come and see them. So, yes, you can make the call. You just have to call and schedule it. And, you know, if you can't do it today, Remember, 
Memorial Day. Memorial Day should be 365 days a year. So hashtag remember it. And if you don't do it between now and the day itself, get it done. You know, I mean, if, if every one of us here, I'm, gonna, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going next week. I'm going to be in Walter Reed next week. Just shut up my visit, and I'm going down. I'm going to walk the hallways. There's going to be guys down there that have come back to have prosthetics refit. But the guys are coming back to have you know surgeries done. We we have troops who what we don't understand is that. You know, three or six, five days a year, these guys are training, and we have injuries during our training periods. We have 30,000 concussive injuries among our active duty soldiers every year, not in combat. And not all of those are permanent or disabling injuries, but guys are spending time in the hospital, folks. So, again, I, I don't want to just keep ranting, but, you know, you, you see the smile on the face of a soldier when a person just walks in just to shake their hand and say, thanks, I, I was, you know... John Smith and I have a daughter or a cousin or I don't have anybody in the military, my family, but I just want to say thank you to you. You take a look at the look on their face, and then you should really take a little look on your face when you look in the mirror. Montel Williams, I am proud to call you a friend, sir, and I'm proud to say thank you for your service for this country and everything you do every single day. That's a great point. What about the other 364 days a year? On our morning radio program, we use the hashtag Better Yourself Challenge. If you look for it on Twitter, you'll understand. But that would be a great Better Yourself Challenge. Do something to help a vet. Reflections from a Grateful Nation. A special presentation from the Blaze Radio Network. Reflections from a Grateful Nation, a special presentation on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Reflections from a Grateful Nation on this Memorial Day weekend. Debbie Lee joins us now. Her son gave his life for America. Debbie, people have really lost the meaning of Memorial Day. They have. We find, you know, people are planning for their three-day barbecues and, you know, all the ads that come out are celebrating the weekend and the sales and buy a car and the furniture goes on sale and Americans have forgotten what the real meaning of Memorial Day. I think even well-intentioned people want to thank and honor our veterans who have served on that day and that is a day that as a nation we set aside to remember specifically our heroes who gave their lives in combat for our nation. We have Veterans Day, November 11th. In my life, I honor our veterans every day of the year because I do know who pays for the sacrifice. Memorial Day is that specific day that's set aside to remember our fallen heroes. And I remember growing up as a child, I wasn't taught what Memorial Day was about. I can remember visiting graves of loved ones who died who weren't even in the military. We need to go back to what it's for. Take time. Take the opportunity to teach your children, your grandchildren, about what Memorial Day is about. Go to the cemeteries. You know, look at those graves and honor and remember those who have given us the ability to wake up every morning and enjoy the freedoms that we have in America. Debbie, I think most people have forgotten or don't know or don't understand because it hasn't personally affected them they, they, or they don't know how it's personally affected them. It's, uh, it's personally affected you, hasn't it? It very much has. My son, Mark Allen Lee, was the first Navy SEAL that was killed in Iraq August 2nd, 2006. 
And that young man stood up into the direct line of fire three different times that day. It was 115, 120 degrees in Ramadi, Iraq. And you may remember back in 2006, it was a terrible place. Mark's teammates said it was the hellhole of Iraq or the worst piece of real estate over there. And they were in the biggest battle up to that point in Ramadi. There were four SEALs. They had been fighting. Uh, Mark's whole platoon had been fighting for uh, two hours, but there were four SEALs that were on the rooftop. And Mark's buddy Ryan had been severely injured. His uh, bullets had hit his weapon, and so he had severe shrapnel injuries all through his head. And as he fell to the ground, two of the SEALs dropped to their knees to help Ryan. Mark could have made that very same choice. But his choice that day was to stand up into the direct line of fire, hoping the enemy would focus on him and he could lay down some suppressive fire and sneak the medic up to the roof. The medic got up there and he took one look at Ryan and said, we've got to get him out of here immediately or there is no chance for survival. So not once, but a second time again, Mark made that choice to stand up into the direct line of fire. He carried the big gun. And he knew he could lay down some suppressive fire, but he still was making that choice to stand up where the enemy had just fired on them. And he did that. They were all lucky to get down off the roof. They all successfully got down. They medevaced Ryan out of there, and they got back to the base. And I'm proud to tell you that base was named Camp Mark Lee in Mark's memory after he died. But they got back in there. They started to rip off their gear and get some water to refresh themselves. And we've watched our Navy SEALs do some absolutely amazing things. At times, they seem superhuman to us. But those are my boys now, and I can tell you, they're just as human as you or I are. And they told me later they thought Ryan had probably died as they sat there and tried to process that and get some water and calm down a little. The chief came in and said, we just found 30 of the insurgents that just attacked us. And without hesitation... Mark looked at his chief, and he said, Roger that. Let's go get him. So they went back into Ramadi, into that godforsaken place. They cleared several houses, and they went in the last house Mark would be in, cleared the bottom of the house, and they started up the steps. And they heard Mark yell, on me. And the guys knew what he was saying. I got the lead on this. You guys follow me. And as they went up those steps, they drew fire through the window, and for the last and final time, again, Mark made the choice to turn into the line of fire. He could have stayed below the window. He could have stayed back. But his choice was to turn into that line of fire to save his teammates. His choice was to turn in the line of fire to defend us as Americans and the values that we enjoy every day. I miss that young man so much, but I'm so proud of him. And that's why Memorial Day is so personal to me. That's why I've been on a campaign for years to re-educate people as to what Memorial Day is really for and to reclaim that day, to be able to honor and remember each and every one of our heroes who've given their lives, no matter what conflict, no matter what branch of the military, they've sacrificed everything. They've given their final measure for us. Debbie, I... I, I can't imagine as a parent losing one of my sons. I've got a son who's 13 and one who's just under a year old, and I can't imagine ever losing them. But if I did, I imagine I would get at least a little bit of comfort in knowing if they lost in a, if I lost them in a very honorable way. It doesn't get any more noble or honorable than what Mark did. And I do know that where that young man is. 
He was a believer, and I will see him again. He's just been redeployed to heaven. And that's why, for me, I made the choice to put on his boots and pick up his weapon and stay in the fight for all of those who sacrificed everything for us, for their families, for those who have been wounded in combat, for those who fought and have come back. Because I do know the price for freedom, and I do know who paid that price. I love and respect all of our men and women who served. But on Memorial Day specifically, I remember each and every one of those who has a headstone in Arlington or at Fort Rose Crayons where Mark's at or anywhere else where they have been laid to rest, that we remember them. We remember the sacrifices. And we thank God that they were willing to do that and believed in America and were willing to give their lives. Debbie, I'm, I'm sure like, like any human being, there are those days that you have that are pretty rough for you, where you, you know, difficult getting out of bed and keeping the faith. But remember this. There are some of us who understand your son's sacrifice and appreciate his sacrifice and yours as well. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and as you said, there are so many patriots around the nation that have supported our foundation, America's Mighty Warriors, and continue to do that as we stay in the fight to honor and support all of those who served and their families. Debbie, thank you so much for your time today. Coming up on Reflections from a Grateful Nation, veteran Pat Sajak, plus Operation Helmet, and we'll get an update on Sergeant Tamarisi. We continue to recall how fortunate and appreciative we are on this Memorial Day when our special presentation, Reflections from a Grateful Nation, continues on the Blaze Radio Network. Every day, thousands of opportunities, freedoms, and privileges surround us, seemingly unnoticed. Most people don't know or recognize or care, for that matter, what Memorial Day is about. Today, Memorial Day, we're reminded of the brave men and women who take the biggest risks so that we may have even the smallest indulgences. Remember why it is that we're celebrating this day. Let us never forget the depth of their sacrifice. We do all we can to remind everyone of the sacrifices that people of my father's generation made. And in debt to all those who have given their lives for our country. Now, the Blaze Radio Network presents Reflections from a Grateful Nation. This is Reflections from a Grateful Nation. I'm Doc Thompson, along with Skip Lacombe. Joining us now is longtime host of Wheel of Fortune and Army veteran Pat Sajak. How are you, Pat? I'm well, thank you. Nice to talk to you. Um, uh, long time, yes, long time host. Long, long time. <laughs> Pat, uh, you've you've had a uh, long career. You've uh, done a lot of different things, but I don't think most people recognize the fact that uh, you not only served, you served during wartime during the Vietnam War, right? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I joined the army in, uh, in January of 1968. I, w- I was going to college at the time. I was in my, I, I'd begun. I was in the middle of my fourth year, and uh, like a lot of people at, of that age, I, I, I still wasn't quite sure exactly what I wanted to do, and I was sort of running out of steam <laughs> on college. And I, and I don't, I'm not quite sure. You know, it's hard to go back in time and and what your mindset was exactly at that moment. But I decided to. Um, uh, to suspend my education and, and join the army, and I did, and served for three years. And a year and a half of that was in uh, was in Vietnam. I was lucky in in a way because um, I was uh, I, at some point in my 
service there. I was I was a finance clerk for a little while, about thirty miles outside of Saigon, a little post, and and I and I was transferred to Armed Forces Radio because I'd had some civilian experience. So I spent the bulk of my time in Vietnam, you know, playing records in the morning and yelling "Good morning, Vietnam!" while you know other other folks were doing far more uh, heavy lifting. But uh, but I enjoyed my service, and you know, the, for a lot of uh, a lot of young men, the military is a game changer. Uh, um, usually for better. Sometimes there are negative consequences, but but it certainly does impact your life. That's for sure. Pat, one of the things we do on our Memorial Day special is I I always find it odd to, to wish people a happy Memorial Day. Not that I don't want them to have a good weekend, but is <laughs> it, it kind of loses something to what Memorial Day? And I I don't understand why we we don't know. Most people don't know or recognize or care for that matter what Memorial Day is about, and that's to honor the people who who died in service to America. So we use the hashtag Remember Memorial Day. I think that's yeah. a, a little bit more appropriate. We do that with a lot of our holidays. We used to have, you know, Washington's birthday and it became more about selling white sheets than it did, you know, at, at department stores than it did about uh that it did about the father of our country, and and uh, you know we, there is a tendency to do that, and we we tend to think of them as long weekends more than uh, or the beginning of summer or end of summer, depending on what you're talking about. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great idea, and it's it's easy to lose sight of that, especially um, you know as as military service is becoming. Uh, I, I mean, you know, all our presidents used to served in the military up to a certain point, and and that's going to happen less and less because there. Are, there's a smaller percentage of uh, of Americans who are performing a military service, obviously, with the end of the draft and all that, and, and uh, uh, the way warfare has changed and, and the mechanization of it. So uh, it's it's easy to lose sight of uh, of that, and as each generation goes by, I think it's important to uh, to do all we can to remind everyone of, of, of the sacrifices that uh, the people of my father's generation, uh, for example, uh, made you know during World War II and, and before that and after that. It's interesting to see the attitudes of people, though, um, uh, towards the military over the years. During World War II, um, I mean, it was celebratory. People were coming home, and soldiers were honored. And then Korea changed a little bit. Certainly, Vietnam era, I mean, people oddly blamed soldiers, which was very, very odd. But at least now we've gotten to a point where people, um, even if they disagree with some of the things our government does or our military, they, they don't blame the soldiers. Yeah, I think we're beginning to separate the politics of it from the people who are who are serving, and I, and I think that's a healthy thing. But you know, there, I, there's an odd thing, and I want to I want to say this carefully. But I don't want to be misunderstood. But but for example, my, my father, who served in World War II, as as so many people did during that era, didn't talk much about his service. I came to find out later that he was in a lot of battles and went through some really tough times, and it wasn't as if he were traumatized and therefore didn't want to talk about it. He, like a lot of men of that generation, in their minds it was, you know, I, I did my duty. My, my my this challenge was facing my country. I I was either joined or joined or I was drafted, whatever happened. But so many so many people came forward and served, and and they didn't think it particularly heroic. Um, they they just thought it was their duty, and and um, you know, not everyone who serves is a hero, and I and I don't mean that. I, I don't mean to disparage anybody because I know I know a lot of military people who who kind of shirk from that title. We we call them all heroes, and and I've had we've had this I've had discussion with fellow veterans say you know I'm not a hero. I did you know I did what I felt I needed to do. Some people did do heroic things. A lot of people did heroic things, and on some level there's a there's an element of heroism in giving up your comfortable life and, and going to do that. But um, but for a lot of military people, they're a little squeamish about about that. The role they don't want to be 
they don't want to be vilified, but they don't necessarily want to be deified either. Yeah, a lot of them look at it as, I have broad shoulders, and this is one of the things I'm supposed to do. People people put things on my shoulders, and I carry these things. I, I did my duty. It's kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, sort of a, 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 an American trait. It's a, an admirable trait to me that, that you thought it was part of your duty to go when called. Absolutely. Pat, being that it is Memorial Day weekend, how do you plan to spend the weekend? My, my wife's birthday is this week, so we're going to sort of... Uh, celebrate a little belatedly and have some fun with friends and travel around a little bit. But, you know, as your hashtag uh, reminds us, um, at some point you need to uh, take a little moment for some introspection and uh, some reverence, if you will, and uh, and remember all that happened because we wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be traveling and we wouldn't be uh, having this sort of light uh, conversation and all those things if we didn't have so many people who did make that ultimate sacrifice that we'll be honoring. Pat, thank you so much for your time today. Coming up on Reflections from a Grateful Nation, an update on Sergeant Tamarisi and a cool story of some people who got together to help him out. You're going to love this. You're listening to a Memorial Day special presentation. Reflections from a Grateful Nation from the Blaze Radio Network. Reflections from a Grateful Nation continues now. Hi, it's Doc and Skip from the Blaze Radio Network, and this is Reflections from a Grateful Nation. Thank you so much for joining us. When we start talking about what this show was going to be this weekend, one of the things we decided is in order to get people to really remember Memorial Day and make an impact about what this weekend is supposed to be and what Memorial Day is supposed to be, we decided to tell the stories of people who actually sacrificed not talk about them as a group, but some of the individuals, because we know when you meet these people, when you know their story through the eyes of their loved ones, you'll understand the sacrifice that was made. Like Marty here, who lost her father while he was serving in Vietnam. Marty, where are you calling us from? I am li- uh, right outside of Washington, D.C. Marty, I understand that you understand the difference between Veterans Day and Memorial Day. Why is that? Uh, I do. Um, I've had a lot, you know, a, a lot of my life to reflect and think about this. As um, we lost my father in Vietnam in 1972, I was a, a college student, so he was not a young soldier. He was a career soldier. Um, and every Memorial Day, uh, I try to go down to the Vietnam Memorial, and I, I look at all of those names on that wall, all 58,000. And it's a quite a sobering thing to, to realize all these people lost their lives in military service to the nation. And um, that's, that's really what we're talking about, those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for service to the country. Um, you know, they, they were willing to put their lives on the line to protect the freedoms of this nation. And uh, Veterans Day, of course, is, you know, celebrating those who have served, um, especially during wartime. But but Memorial Day is, is really a significant day for reflection and remembrance for those who, who pay the ultimate sacrifice. Marty, do you, know, have, do you know the particular circumstances of your father's death? I know, yes, I know a lot about it. 
Um, my father had served three full tours in Vietnam, and he was headed back for uh, a fourth tour. He had just been promoted to Brigadier General, so again, he was a, a senior military person. And at the time, you know, we'd, we'd said goodbye to him many, many times, and at this point in our lives and his career, we had sort of put the thought that something could happen to him on the back burner. But he was uh, in a helicopter, and as soon as his helicopter landed, um, a round of fire came in, hit the helicopter, hit my dad, um, killed my father and his young aide also. Um, it was, uh, you know, a one round of fire, and they knew who was there and who was landing. And that was it. And he'd been in an awful lot of skirmishes prior to that, including in World War II when he was a young machine gunner, Korea when he was a company commander. So he'd been in harm's way, and um, it was it came as, a, of course, a shock to all of us. We simply weren't thinking this was going to happen. Um, so it was a, you know, very traumatic, of course, very, very sad. But what you realize when you go to our war memorials and our monuments is that we were one family out of how many, and every family um, changes forever when they lose someone in combat. Do you remember when... When you were told that your father had died? Oh, yes, I do remember. Uh, I was, um, in fact, I have a twin sister, and we were both at our waitressing jobs. And I was, uh, I had just finished my freshman year in college, and a very good old friend, a classmate of my father from West Point, came um, to the hotel, and someone came in and said to us, There's, you've got to leave right now. There's someone downstairs who needs to speak with you. And um, Colonel Grunther said, your, your father has been killed in Vietnam. The, our lives were changed forever from that moment on. Uh, it was just unbelievable. And then, you know, for me, I went back to college, and my mother had to pick up the pieces with three younger children at home. Um, it was a very, very, very difficult time. And, of course, as you know, realizing that a lot of the nation um, – would be saying, well, he got what he deserved at that point. You know, the Vietnam conflict was such an unpopular conflict. Um, so that made it even harder going back to college and people not quite understanding, you know, why people would give their lives for this conflict that was so questionable at that point, I guess I would say. You know, there were extra challenges, I believe. There you are on college on a college campus where it right, is all right. anti-war. I mean, that's ground zero for people hating soldiers, right. uh, remarkably, at that point. And you're surrounded by that after losing your father. Right. I, you know, very aware of what was going on across the nation. And um, it was hurtful. The best thing that um, I had was my father sent letters to all of us explaining to us. He said, I know people are going to give you a hard time. Um, let me explain to you why I'm doing what I'm doing and, and how I feel about it. You know, he really felt that he was part of something to promote freedom around the world and keep people from being oppressed. And, and of course, the other thing is, very strongly, he, he knew he his job was to carry out policy that was made by our elected officials. Not to make policy, but to, you know, carry it out. And he didn't, he couldn't, Pick and choose. The soldier has no choice. His job was to execute the mission to the best of his ability and keep people safe and send them back home. Um, so you know, that was his job. He was truly a, a, a soldier. You know, in the movie Saving Private Ryan, I think most people um, most people oh. got choked up at the moment the 
they showed up to tell her that most of her sons right. were dead. Um, that that's the moment that that most people couldn't couldn't handle. That's the one that that really connects with people. When when they came and said, "Hey, you've got to leave right now. Someone's here to see you." Did you know? Did when you saw him? No. Did, did you had any idea at that point until the words came no. out of his mouth? No, no. It was like, "What's going on?" You know, and uh, no, not at all. I because we really had dismissed the thought. And our mother was so wonderful. She really, you know, she never seemed concerned. She had, you know, seven children. She was home alone a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. She was wonderful. And I honestly, at that point, I think we all felt we didn't need to be concerned anymore. I mean, World War II, the Korean conflict, and then the Vietnam. Correct. I mean, he'd served so Absolutely. long. I can understand that. And yeah. that's not unlike what we go through now. I mean, we war and soldiers dying for America were even more disconnected because it happened someplace else. And, you know, they're Absolutely. doing that. I think that, you know, when we think about the original citizen soldier and, you know, people who decided, um, you know, self-governance and so forth was really a good thing and willing to fight for freedoms of all kinds. Um, it's different on, on our soil. You're absolutely right. Even through the civil war, when we wanted to make sure we had freedoms for all, but, you know, the soldier signs up to um, fight all enemies, foreign and domestic. And again, they don't get to choose. So the hardest movie for me, and I cannot watch it, is, um, I don't know if you ever saw it, when we were soldiers once in Mel, Mel Gibson was in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that movie, uh, the, my father looked kind of like, fair amount like Mel Gibson, and mm. I cannot it's just I simply cannot watch that movie. Yeah, it was it was a I think a turning point in our nation, which is sort of a nice thing to be able to say now, where people understand that the soldier doesn't make the policy. And sometimes, every once in a while, when I I think about it, and I haven't had a chance to, and I've actually had a chance to speak about it also, um, I'm very pleased with what's going on now in support of our soldiers. I've been a, an active part of that. My husband was an active duty soldier for 30 years. We had a lot to do, still do, with military families, and just a little twinge of resentment every once in a while. Um, you know, where where was everybody way back when? And um, it's something you don't forget, you know. And, and uh, my husband always says the soldier's first duty is to, to always remember, never forget. So if you remember the hard times and the bad times and how poorly people were treated, you hope that you will never allow that to happen again. Yeah, Marty, your father sounds like he was absolutely an amazing man. What are some of the things that you uh, that, that you remember and that you miss about him? It, it's so interesting in the military, especially someone with a career like my dad. And we moved often, we had a lot of kids in the family. We moved, and wherever we would go, he would often then be gone. It's, it's the funniest thing to have your lives revolve around a person who's not even there. It's almost like a mystical figure sometimes. So we had this great sense of patriotism. We were doing what the nation asked us to do, and we sort of felt that as a family. We never, ever wanted to disappoint him. We knew what he expected of us. And it was kind of nice to have those expectations. They were said sometimes. Sometimes they were just silent and understood. But it was a nice life. We we had um, some order and some discipline, and we knew what it was, and we knew how it would be. But he was also, he was a wonderful family man, big family, came from rural Pennsylvania. You know, he, he just was a great role model, always encouraged us to do whatever we wanted to do. Anxious for us all to really go out and seek what we wanted to do. Now, again, I have three brothers, three sisters. 
there are 25 grandchildren in total, and um, my father still is sort of the the point that we all really rally around. Um, all the grandkids, you know, have been to the Vietnam Wall, and it, it connects them in a very, very special way. So even after his death, which was traumatic and particularly difficult on my brothers who were then going to serve in the military, you know, we reflect on it, we think back on it, and he still is a rallying point for everybody and a great sense of pride. So, We're talking with Marty Marks, whose, whose father paid for our freedoms with his life. Marty, if people this Memorial Day weekend want to hashtag remember Memorial Day and they head down mm-hmm. to that Vietnam Memorial, mm-hmm. what name should they look for to, to pay tribute to your father? My dad's name was Richard Tolman, like a tall man, Richard J. Tolman. And, you know, he's in with everybody else as it, as it should be, which is one of the most striking things about that memorial. There's no rank. There's no age. There's no unit affiliation. It's just people and names, and that's how we remember them. That's how their families remember them. And um, those who have never been to the Vietnam Memorial, be prepared for a, a very sobering experience. It's a bit, I think it's a bit overwhelming. Um, so, yes, my dad was Richard Tallman. He does have one grandson who's uh, Richard J. Tallman II, and um, his father's serving in the Army right now. So it's gone full circle. Marty, thank you for sharing your story. Do you remember Sergeant Tamarisi? Yeah, he was the veteran, too, who was in San Diego and uh, happened to accidentally cross into the border with some weapons. Ended up spending 214 days in a Mexican prison. That's a good time. That's a swell time. Wow. Coming up next, we got an update on him and a great story about some people who helped him out. Honor the men and women who have paid the ultimate price. Taking a deeper look at our appreciation for the freedoms we have. This is Reflections from a Grateful Nation. A special presentation from the Blaze Radio Network. on the Blaze Radio Network. Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe, this is Reflections from a Grateful Nation. Joining us now, Mike Slater from the Blaze Radio Network. Mike, what does Memorial Day mean to you? Uh, The first thing that comes to mind are our World War II veterans. I had the honor the other day of talking with uh, one of our World War II vets, and there's something about them. There's, There's a level of humbleness there that is so powerful I just want to take every opportunity to, to talk with them and, and gain their insight. And also, I'm here in San Diego, uh, so this is a Navy SEAL community, and uh, I just reflect on a couple Navy SEAL funerals I've been to and the heartbreak and the family and just everything we can do to, to reach out to their families of, of those who are lost. It's, um, we got to do it every day, not just Memorial Day. Obviously, Memorial Day, as we've said over and over, is about paying tribute, honoring people who have died in service to America. But, Mike, if, if they could speak to us from the beyond, and what, what would they want from us? Don't you think they would want us to take care of their families and take care That's, of veterans as well? It's the only thing they would want, and I think they would want appreciation, appreciation for what they believed in, what we all believe in. Um, and it goes back to the Gettysburg Address, right? Shall not die in vain. I think that's the m- most important thing. And also, I want to be valued, right? Like, I did something I believed in, and, and I think they just want the American people to 
appreciate that. And, and that's what we, uh, I know everyone listening now does. You know, that's the point. You're right. You shall not die in vain. Imagine being one of those guys that are like, okay, I'm giving my life up, guys. I- I'm-, I'm dying now, okay, for America. This is what I believe in for the future, for the, the core principles of America. Can-, can you make it count? Can you make sure it matters, right? <laughs> yeah, don't you know? give up. Keep fighting on my behalf. Keep fighting for that thing that I was fighting for, and, and we can finish this task uh, laid before us. And, and that's our job um, as-, as those still around. Obviously, we're using the hashtag all weekend long on Twitter. Remember, Memorial Day, and Memorial Day, as we have tried to draw the distinction over and over, is for those who have died in service to America. But we, all have, we also have spent a little bit of time mentioning the, the veterans who, who are around still and the things we're trying to do with, like, Mercury One to help them out. Uh, I know you've been working with, with somebody pretty interesting. Well, yeah, everyone uh, hopefully still remembers the name Andrew Tomarisi. Uh, just to jog everyone's memory, he was arrested, I guess it's like a year ago now, um, and he spent uh, over 100 days in a Mexican prison. Uh, I found out about this story when I saw Jill Tomarisi, Andrew's mom, on TV begging the American people to care. Like That, that was it, just, just know of, of my son and, and that he's in this prison now, and she had no way of helping her son, and just... Imagine that feeling of of helplessness, knowing that your son is in a Mexican prison. He's in danger. Uh, In Mexico, you're guilty until proven innocent. He's tied to a bed. Gang members threatening to kill him. And he's right there. He's like the prison he was in is 30 miles from where I'm sitting right now. He's just on the other side of the border. Yet she, Jill, could do nothing. And it seemed that as the days went on, it seemed like our government was willing uh, to do uh, nothing as well and i just can't imagine that that pain luckily fortunately andrew was finally released but guys a couple just about a couple weeks ago uh i got an email from from one of our listeners on our local show uh, david and he said slater i i got a friend who works for the san diego police department uh he works at the impound lot and he said i got andrew tamarisi's motorcycle and i'm thinking wait what apparently andrew's motorcycle was parked near the beach and, you know, X number of days after the, the, he was arrested and he didn't pick it up because he was in Mexico, uh, the police impounded it. So David was able to, to pick it up and he emailed me asking if there was anything we could do with it. So I called up a guy who owns a muffler store in town, huge supporter of our military. And I said, Ed, we have Andrew's bike. I mean, what do you think? And he interrupted me. He said, I'll go pick it up and we'll fix it up and we'll send it to him. So they picked it up from David, and Egg called a couple motorcycle guys that he knows. They replaced all the broken parts. They cleaned it up. They gave it a brand-new paint job. The whole thing, it's as good as new. So then we needed to get it to him. We're in San Diego. He lives in Florida. So our producer just started calling motorcycle transport companies. The first person he called, uh, Fernando, uh, he goes, yeah, I know all about Andrew, and it would be my honor to transport it to him for free. Wow. And we called up Jill in the beginning of all this, and and she was she she said about fainted when we told her that we had the bike right and she said you know andrew's been talking about it he thought he would never get it back he loved that motorcycle so much we assumed it was gone forever uh we can't believe that you have it so this uh motorcycle that one of our marines thought was gone his most prized possession uh on behalf of the american people was able to be restored and returned i love it that is a great story, Mike, and thank you so much for working on that. That's, that's tremendous. I did nothing. Um, this, is, this is my favorite part. This is what the story means to me, and I think everyone listening can relate to this. It's people using 
their skills and talents to help our veterans in the way that they can do it best. Does that make sense? Like, so the, motor, the, the muffler guy is being like, yeah, I can fix motorcycles, so I'm going to drop everything and do this for free. And the transport guy, Fernando, says, yeah, I transport motorcycles, so I'll drop everything and ship this for free. It's, it's people stepping up in the way that they can best. And, and I just love that. That's such a beautiful concept for me. No, you're right. Using the skills, talents, or connections, or influence you have, but I'm puzzled how Skip will ever help anybody. Hey, this is really on. this Saying talent that there's, and skill. I mean, no is talent really... or skill that would work. I didn't I mean, say no. I'm just got my unique trying to find skill it. sets and <laughs> what it is talents. there. That's really... One of these days, one of these days it will be presented and you'll be there for the job, <laughs> Skip. I know it. And we're and, all going to and... be real excited for that day, too. <laughs> and I, I remember I was talking to each of these guys um, about it and, and I asked them, I said, uh, uh, if you could be there when Andrew gets this bike back, what would you tell him? And each of them independently said the same thing. They said, first, I tell him, thank you for your service, of course. And then each of them said, Andrew, don't think for a second that you need to pay me back. We owe you, and we're still not even close to even. And it's okay. just so beautiful to hear these men realize that they're in debt to men like Andrew and in debt to all those who have, have given their lives for our country. So Andrew, at this point, at least, is aware that he is getting his bike back. Do you know when he's going to actually uh, take delivery of it? I don't know, but we have uh, Jill is ready for it, right? She's awaiting its delivery. And uh, we uh, asked her to take some video and, and pictures of, of uh, the grand arrival uh, when it gets there. So I can't wait to share them with everyone. Uh, to me, this is a nice ending to this chapter of, of Andrew's story. Like I, I want Andrew to come back to San Diego and get the PTSD treatment that he came out here for originally that he never got because he got arrested in Mexico. So, so maybe one day he can come back, but you know, him getting his motorcycle back, I think that's a nice ending to this chapter of Andrew's San Diego story. I agree. Mike Slater from the blaze radio network. Thank you. Thanks gentlemen. Coming up next, Chris Salcedo from the blaze radio network will join us with details on operation helmet. This is reflections from a grateful nation. You're listening to a Memorial Day special presentation. Reflections from a Grateful Nation. A special presentation from the Blaze Radio Network. Reflections from a Grateful Nation continues now. Hi, I'm Doc Thompson along with Skip Lacombe. Reflections from a Grateful Nation on this Memorial Day weekend. Joining us now from the Blaze Radio Network, Chris Salcedo. Hey, guys. So, Chris, give us your thoughts on Memorial Day. You guys remember that guy from San Francisco? This was a few years back. Uh, Sandoval was his last name, and he wanted to uh, he wanted to abolish the U.S. military. Oh, yeah. Think, thinking that his rights came from the Constitution. And not realizing that it was the, the fighting force, the U.S. military, that keeps that in force, that keeps our liberties going. And it would be cats like him that would greet an invading army on, on, you know, coming out of the beach. And they'd be holding up the, the, the scrap of paper. Look, <laughs> these are my rights. These are my rights. You can't do anything to me. And I always envisioned the, the bullet piercing the document as it went into the individual, this Sandoval cat, as he's falling to the ground. And then he would finally get it. Oh, my goodness. It, it was, it was the, the fighting men and women who, who kept him safe. You know what, Chris, the reason I have always supported the military so well, aside from, you know, having members of my family who, who proudly served, is 
I, I'm soft and spongy and weak. But it's also because I don't like to ask for help. And having people do for me, protect me, it eats at me. Knowing I did not serve, did not protect others, and having other people do it. And then on Memorial Day, knowing it's not just people who served, but people who serve and gave up their life for me, that's a powerful thought in my world. Yeah, it is. You know what? I can hardly wait to introduce you guys to um, Bob Metters. He's a former captain, United States Navy. He founded and runs this thing called Operation Helmet. It's a charity dedicated to filling a pretty basic but essential need for our troops. Bob, welcome to Reflections from a Grateful Nation. Thank you very much, Chris. It's an honor to be talking to you. Now, listen, you have a an organization that I think is is really laudable. It's called Operation Helmet. Explain to the folks what you do. Well, Operation Helmet is was designed to provide upgrades to standard military helmets in the form of helmet pads that would provide uh, some protection from blast forces, from uh, ballistic, that is, bullets and fragments, uh, by means of allowing the cushions inside to take the force of blows rather than the helmet and the head itself. We've been doing this now for 11 years, and some 80,000 troops have asked for them, and we've given them to them. Wow. And the reason why they ask for them is because, and this, unless you've served, you don't know this, but some of the stories you're receiving from the front lines is that the standard issue helmets are just almost unbearable to wear. Describe what some of the troops have been telling you. Right. The, the problem with the, the current helmet pads, uh, were, they were made, first of all, by skateboard helmet manufacturer and not a... Um, fully accredited and experienced helmet pad manufacturer, but they will pass the same laboratory tests as those that the military started out with, but are so hard that they give troops a migraine headache. And when you have a headache, it's hard to concentrate on the mission at hand, the sector you're supposed to be watching, the uh, calculating the field of fire, uh, staying in line with the rest of the troops, and completing the mission. Uh, in an orderly and um, you know, concerted effort. The helmets also on these new pads become so unstable that when you add the weight of a night vision goggle on the front of them, the helmet slides it down over your eyes, so you wind up having to hold your helmet steady with one hand, which only leaves you one hand for your weapon. And that puts you at a, a tactical disadvantage right there. Well, that's for sure. And now, it bears pointing out your group is is funded through private donations. How much does each one of these pads, these pad kits that you guys provide to upgrade our soldiers' helmets, how much does that cost? Right. We, Arganero has worked a very good deal with us. They provided the first 600,000 helmet pads to the Army before the Army decided to switch to this skateboard helmet company. And they cost $28, shipping included. Wow, and, so, and how many how many back orders do you have right now from the troops who are serving currently in in theater who are saying that uh, help we we need we need those uh, more comfortable pads so we can so we can concentrate on, on mission. How, wh- what kind of orders do you guys have? Right now, I'm standing about 700 behind, oh. and hoping that we can get out and shake the money trees a tad. All of us <laughs> work, no pay, no salary. No fees taken out of donations. Uh-huh. So everything that comes in goes right back out to the 
groups outside the wire that are asking for this help and completing their mission satisfactorily and coming home alive and well. Well, on this Memorial Day, I know there's going to be a lot of folks here in the Blaze audience who want to help. So give us the website and a, or maybe a contact number that folks can go to if they want to if they want to help out troops who just need the basic comfort of, of having a helmet that functions on the battlefield. Go ahead. Exactly. It's www.operationhelmet.org. That's OperationHelmet.org. Bob Metters, medical doctor, former captain, U.S. Navy retired, sir. Happy Memorial Day, and thank you very much for for sharing your story and your organization's uh, efforts with us here on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you very much, Chris, and the Blaze Radio Network. That website, once again, is Operation-Helmet.org. Operation-Helmet.org. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate you sharing. And thanks to everyone who was a part of this special, everybody who shared their stories, their ideas, and their insight about Memorial Day. Thank you to Mercury One for all they're doing to help veterans. If you're not familiar with them, please go to mercuryone.org. Also, thanks to Blaze TV for what they're doing to help veterans this weekend. All weekend long, for every subscription of the Blaze TV purchased, they'll be giving one away to the member of the military. All you have to do is go to theblaze.com slash remember to get in on that deal. Sadly, many of the words, phrases, and ideas on this program have become cliche. The things we've said, they've been said before, and they're likely going to be said again in different ways. We've struggled on this program to convey the significance of Memorial Day and the importance of the lives of those that we're supposed to honor this weekend. But the only way to really understand may be to personally be touched by the loss of a loved one in service to America, and I hope you never experience that. And then the insult to their injury of witnessing daily for many Americans a fundamental lack of respect for freedom and a lack of appreciation for their sacrifice. How many of us are willing to die for another? How many of us are willing to send a loved one to die for strangers whose only common bond with us is citizenship? So to those who have paid for my freedom, thank you. To those who've lost loved ones for my freedom, I offer you my undying appreciation empathy, and this little bit of wisdom. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. To you, my fellow Americans, please pause this weekend and remember Memorial Day. This has been Reflections from a Grateful Nation, a special presentation on the Blaze Radio Network. 